Hallelujah. I'm going to be teaching on the armor of God. If you are, are new and you're babe in Christ, then uh, it might be a little heavy for you. I, I have to tell you up front that I love the book of Ephesians. I love it from beginning to end. I, just, I love the book. It's my favorite book in the Bible. I just, when, when I first got saved, that one just drew me in. It just drew me in. And, and I don't think that it's a, a book that is necessarily for babes. You got it. It's a pretty meaty book. Uh, it's a pretty meaty book because it's challenging you to grow up and it's challenging you to move into some areas where you have to put away childish things and you have to get into a place and a different mindset and a different attitude about your walk with Christ. And so uh, we, I taught last time on, on coming into the family of God and, and you know that you are brought into the family. I'm going to give you a scripture in a minute. Just, just stay with me because I, I want to lay a little bit of groundwork for where we're going this morning, my reason for where we're at. We, we come into the family of God. We're saved and we are uh, saved by grace. It is not by works. There's nothing that you can do except confess Christ Jesus as your personal Savior and he comes immediately to you. So it's not by your works because, see, we could never be good enough. Okay, you could never be good enough on your own. That's why he sent his son, because he knew that about you. The most polished, spit-shine, good-looking Christian will have a thought, will get mad. So nobody's perfect, like Pastor said. We all are dealing with something. We have clay feet, okay, all made from the dirt. So you got some dirt in you. Okay, so let's just establish that. So it wasn't about what you did. It was about what Jesus did. Amen. And so he's the one that saves us. It is not by works, but you are saved unto good works. Amen. So we show out our salvation. We show out how God is by what we do. Okay. Amen. So there is a link to both. Okay. But it's not by works that you are saved. So you're brought into a family. Amen. And, and we, we love being in this family. Hallelujah. But not only are you brought into a family, but you are also brought into what the family brings with it. Okay. And, and we talked about the blessing and all the things, eternal life and all the good things that God gives us in his family. But there's something else that we move into. And we're going to talk about that in a few minutes. And now just follow me over on this side of it. There are two things that have been taught. One that's really big now and one that was big, okay? And, and, and both of them have tremendous um, uh, uh, worth. Both of them do. But the problem with teaching both of these things is you could get real out of order if you don't have balance with them. And the first one, and, and I was all up in this one, and, and it was uh, the prosperity movement, faith movement, okay? And, and God releases knowledge at certain intervals. He, you know, we don't get everything all at one time. Amen. It's a living thing. God is a living being. He's alive. And his word is alive. And he releases his knowledge in certain dispensations. Come on now. You with me? All right. And so when the, when the faith movement came forth, yes, we live by faith. We need faith. We must walk faith. Faith is a great thing. But what came with the faith movement was the prosperity teaching. And what happened was, and here's the downside of that teaching, it became, you know, that it was all about the money and the prestige. And, and you would go into places and it's still happening now. If you weren't a preacher that was pastoring 10,000 people and driving a Mercedes and wearing Louis Vuitton, and St. John, then you weren't anointed. Because after all, 
if you had faith and, you know, you were walking with God, you're supposed to be rich. And I had a problem with that. I really did. Because I used to ask him, well, what about the missionary that gives up everything to go and preach the gospel? See, there's a danger if you get too far over in one thing and you don't find the balance. Now let's move up to today. Now we have the, the grace teaching. The, you know, we're, you're, it's all about grace. It's all about love. And we don't talk about anything different. And, and, and I, I remember pastor said something. It used to bug me that he would say this. He would say, now when God called me and he said there wouldn't be many bright lights. But I'll always be with you. And that used to bother me. And the Lord spoke to me. He said, listen, he said, there will be those that will capitalize. And it's okay. Because it is my word. It's my word. You remember when, when they came to, to Jesus? They're out there preaching. They're out there preaching. And they're, they're just doing it for their own gain. He said, let them preach. Leave them alone. Leave them alone. None of your business. Leave them alone. Right? It's none of my business. I leave them alone. Amen? Leave them alone. He's called some to speak on one level, and and, uh, one level will generate and will pull in quite a few people because they can only move on that level. That's that's where they're going to be. That's how he can get them. Okay? And and we got to leave that alone. Okay? And then there are others that are called to a different level, all right? And, and, and I'm going to tell you right now, those will be the places where you may not see hordes of people coming, but you will see something in that place that is challenging you and pushing you and digging deep into you. So I love the grace teaching. We are saved by grace, but there are other things that are attached to your grace. No matter how you look at it, no matter what you see, no matter what is taught on total, complete grace, the downside of it is that people, when you teach grace, people will take that as, an, as a license to sin. Okay? You will always have that segment. Now, they'll come every day to soothe, every Sunday to soothe their conscience. You know, soothe me, put some salve on it. You know, soothe me, Lord. Just soothe me. Tell me it's all okay. I can live like the devil and still go to heaven. It's all good. I can just break your commandments and you'll still just do for me. I can just be any old kind of way and you're still there for me. And that's kind of what you can inject into the grace teaching. It's easy to do. Just like it was easy to inject into the prosperity and the faith movement that I should be healed no matter what. And then when people would not be healed immediately, the first thing that somebody would take, well, child, your faith just wasn't strong enough now, was it? (laughs) Used to make me furious. Still does. You know, and and in the, the, the grace and everything, it's great movement. I can do whatever I want. I can cuss. I can drink. I can smoke. I can sleep around. I can do whatever I want to do. But I'm saved, and uh, I'm in grace, grace. I have grace. I'm going to heaven. I have grace. Now, you just may slide in there by the skin of your teeth. But I choose to stand in a different place. And when you choose to stand in a different place, 
the grace teaching will kind of, yeah, I like, don't want to just sit in this smooth ride and, you know, you just, you know, follow the river down and then the next thing you know, there's a waterfall and you don't have any strength and you don't have any wherewithal to, to row that boat backwards to get out of that flow. All right. So we have to teach on a different level. Because when you choose to walk in a different vein, you understand the prosperity. Listen, I I will name and claim because I'm naming and claiming to this day. Do you hear me? Because I have promises that I want and I'm speaking over those things and I'm calling them out and I'm standing in faith and I believe in healing and I believe in prosperity. I don't think God called us to be pro or poor, broke and disgusted. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying that you can get too far over there and you can forget the balance. I love grace because I need his grace every day. Hallelujah. Because my mind will go places and I'm like, whoo, child, come on back over here. Look, okay. Let's just, okay. Come on. Okay. All right. So I, I love grace. I love his mercy. I love all of that. But I'm telling you, there's a balance. And if you don't understand the balance, you'll get too far over in one place and you will not have the wherewithal and the strength to do what you need to do when you need to do it. Amen. And so today we're going to talk about some meat. I will be teaching on the armor of God. And so when you are called into the family of God, you are coming and you come in as babes. And when you come in as babes, then, you know, you, you're loved on and your diapers change and you can be messy and, you know, they just love on you and you can cry and they run to your rescue and, you, and, and the Holy Spirit is just quick on you and everything. And it's just, it's just, you know, I'm a baby. I just love it, love it, love it. But there comes a time in every family that you begin to grow up. That, that you, you gain some age on you and you should be gaining some age on you in the word of God. And in the families of God, if you look down through the history of God, in the families of God, they were huge families. And in those huge families, they had an army. They had those that defended the family. Come on now. They had those that went in and fought for the family. The women and children were left behind and the men went forth. The soldiers, the, the army of God began to move forward and to take territory. And so you move from just being in the family and la la, it's all good. And then you come to a point where you need to be trained in warfare. You need to be trained how to be a good soldier. You need to now begin to move from that realm of everything is just cotton candy and fun. And you waiting on everybody else to pray for you and you calling everybody else to do for you. When it comes to a place where it says, now I'm going to take you from off your, your mother's breast and I'm going to begin now to teach you how to walk and to stand on your own. And now I'm going to put you under the teacher, the Holy Spirit. I'm going to put you under a teacher that is going to teach you now the principles of this family, who we are, what we're all about, and you begin to learn about your family. You ever ask questions to your mom and dad? Well, you know, where'd you come from? Where'd you live? You know, who was your mama? Okay. Oh, you're my, you're my grandmother. You begin to learn. You're my grandfather. You begin to learn things about your family. So God wants us to come to a place where we are no longer just accepting everything, but now we come and we begin to learn about who we are and learn about the family. And that is calling us from being the infant and the, the baby stage into now you need to grow up. 
Now you need to learn how to be part of the family and an integral part and a part that knows how to handle family business. Amen? We have business that we need to be taken care of. Hallelujah. And so if you belong to the kingdom of God and the family of God, you are a prime target for attacks of the world. How many of you since you've been saved been attacked by the world? Okay. Uh, your own flesh. Sometimes, man, this flesh will fight you every single step of the way. Okay, I'm tired. Don't go to church today. I'm tired. Don't pray. I'm tired. Don't do this. I, I want to eat. You, you can't do nothing. You can't fast. can't do nothing. Your flesh is just totally in control. And the devil. All these things now become public enemy number one. That is your enemy. Your flesh can literally be your enemy. Oh, God. We know that Christ has defeated all of these things. We know that. Because we've been taught that. Or we would not be able to be in him if he had not defeated these things because they would keep us totally out. But there will be a warfare, a vicious and violent warfare to keep you from walking with Christ and to keep you from living the life that he has called you to live as being in his family. Now, if you thought being saved was all about getting all your needs met and you didn't have to do nothing and you could just sit over there and demand everything you wanted from God and God wasn't going to demand anything from you, you're wrong. You're wrong. It is more than that. A lot more than that. That is why he gives you his word. That is why he gives you his Holy Spirit. That is why he says, study to show yourself approved unto God. That is why he says, get into me, come unto me, rest in me. That is why he is calling you into a deeper walk with him because he does not want you to be destroyed. He doesn't want you to enter into heaven messed up, broken up, no victories in your life and barely sliding in there. He wants you to walk in and he wants to meet you and say, well done, good and faithful servant. That is what he wants for you. He wants you to have an impact on the world that you live in. So you must develop an attitude of a good soldier. You must move beyond the elementary thoughts of gimme, 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 gimme. I need, I want, I can't do. I'm so this and I'm so that. I need, I need. Can you pray for me? Call me. Oh, God, when do you grow up? And I'm not saying nothing to you that I don't look in the mirror at myself and say, girl, when do you grow up? When do you gain some ground for yourself? Come on now. He's calling you to a higher level. And most of you know that because some of you have gone backwards on some things and you've had some defeats in your walk and you don't know what to do to gain that territory again. And so now you have to reposition yourself and get back in and begin to practice the principles that are set before you that you can walk a walk that is successful in this life. He called you to a successful walk in this life, not one that people look at you and they say, boy, I don't know about your God because you always look messed up. Well, he's called us to walk through some things. And as we walk through them, we walk through them like, like uh, uh, Ron Carpenter, Pastor Ron Carpenter was saying, from the position of blessing. 
But if you don't understand that, and if you don't fight for that position, you will always be in the position where you'll be running around and you'll be saying, oh, oh God, can, can you bless me? Can, can you bless me? Oh, oh wait a minute, can, can you bless me? Wait a minute, oh, 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 can, can, can you bless me? Oh, oh, can you meet my need? That's what you'll be doing. You'll be constantly looking for it from somebody else. And when you are in that place, you are walking in a position of total weakness. We've got to move past that place and understand that my position is a position. I'm blessed. I'm blessed going in and I'm blessed coming out. I'm going to walk blessed. I'm going to hold my head up. I can remember some of the most embarrassing times in my life. And the Lord said, stand up, put your head up, put your shoulders back, and you act like you got it all going on. I don't care what you feel inside right now. You act like you got it all going on. Don't you even let the devil see you shrink back. And so I'm crying inside, crying inside, throw my shoulders back and hold up my head and I get in position. Because I refuse to lose. Do you have a refuse to lose in you? I am so tired of this mealy mouth, soft Christianity that is being taught. You are called to be a soldier. You are called to stand for the purpose and principles of Jesus Christ. Your life, when you become saved, is no longer your own, but it belongs to Christ. And your life now becomes an example to others. What kind of example are you? Are you showing forth a great and mighty God? Or are you showing forth a weak and mealy mouth God that can't save anybody? I tell you what, when pastor was in the hospital, anybody that came with doubt, I pulled them all in the room and I told them, I know what that doctor told you because he told me, but I know what my God said and I know who I am in him. And if I carry all power and authority in me, then I can lay hands on the sick and they will recover. So if you're going to sit up here and do this crying and whining and you want to pull on me and you want me to come and hug you and pat you and all that, I say, go home. Go home. I love you, but go home. And do not dot that room door. Period. Because I am in a battle right now. And if you can't stand with me and if you can't confess with me, go home. Because when you're in the thick of it, who do you want with you? Oh, God, we're going to lose this war. they coming after. They're going to get us, girl. We're going down. We're going down fast. It oh, God, it ain't going to happen. We're going to lose everything. Oh, Jesus. Oh, or do you want someone to say, shut up. Put your shoulders back. Get in your place. Stand up. Confess who you are in Christ. Confess his word. Push that devil back. Push that situation back. I don't care if we don't win it. We're still going to be walking in his word. We're going to believe, be believing to the day that we die. And I had that commitment in my heart. I didn't care what happened. I'm praising your name. But I know that I know that I know that you said with long life will I satisfy you and show you my salvation. So I chose to stand in his word. You got to be an adult to do that because children cry and whine. Adults stand up. And they take care of what needs to be taken care of. I'm passionate. I'm not yelling at you, but I have great passion within me for this. Because we get beat up every way we turn because the devil hates you. You have an adversary. And he doesn't 
fight fair. So I tell people when I was young, you want to fight me? I'm telling you right now, I'll hit you with a stick, a rock, whatever I can get my hands on. Okay. Ain't no such thing as a fair fight because when you fight me, I'm fighting to win. So whatever it takes, I plan to win. So don't talk about no fair fight with me. Crazy like that. And I took that into my walk with Jesus. I'm crazy like that. I'll fight you with everything I got. Fight you. I may get down. But I love that story that Pastor told us when the, the, the jackass fell in the well. And the farmer came and he looked and he said, man, this is going to be too much work to get him out of there. He said, we're just going to, and he's, you know, neighing all night and I'm sick of hearing it. And so he just said, come on over here, neighbor. And then they just began shoveling dirt in on the jackass. And he, he kept crying and he kept crying and he kept crying. After a while, he just said, wait a minute. And he stopped crying and as they dumped the dirt in on him, shook it off his back and he began to step on it and stomp it down just kind of you know and they kept throwing the dirt in and he kept stepping up and yeah just all right just wasn't going nowhere he just pushing it all down wasn't going nowhere now mind you come on he wasn't going nowhere except up (coughs) and he kept stomping it down and they kept throwing it on him he ain't no good anybody that's why i love that song that we play because people tell me I'll never be enough, you know. Tell me I'm a mistake, you know. Tell me God ain't working in my life. Where's your God? Mock me. You know, you holy roller, Bible thumper. You so holy, can't nobody do nothing at your house. You so holy. Nobody want to come over to your house because they can't do nothing. What you want to do? Really? Say all that stuff about you. But you keep shaking it off and shaking it off. And pretty soon, it got so high that he just walked on out of that well. But here's the thing. The very one that was trying to kill him and bury him now could find use in him. Jesus. Jesus. Come on. I am thankful that Jesus did not leave us alone to fend for ourselves. In this family army, we have the Holy Spirit to guide and to teach us. And above everything, with that, he has given us the most powerful arsenal of weapons known to man. And that is his armor. Because in his armor, you are clothed with Jesus Christ. God. He didn't leave you without an avenue to stand and to fight with. He gave you his armor. I'm laying foundation this morning. I'm going to get into the armor next week, but we're going to lay our foundation today. I ain't going to keep you too much more longer. I want you to understand that there is a rank in his army. Amen. But before we get into that, I want to read your reasoning and why we have his armor. I love the book of Ephesians too. The conclusion, be strong in the Lord. The, in conclusion, be strong in the Lord. Be empowered 
through your union with him. Be empowered through your union with him. Draw your strength from him, that strength, in, that strength which his boundless might provides. The strength which his boundless, there is no end to his might. And there is no end to his provision of that might. Come on now. Do you ever read your word? I mean, really read it or do you read it just so fast that you don't take time to kind of chew on it a little bit and to get that down into yourself? Put on the whole armor of God, the armor of a heavily armed soldier, which God supplies. He supplies the armor. Understand that. He supplies the armor. Oh, God. He supplies that that you may be able successfully to stand up against all the strategies and deceits of the devil. Whoa. That's like, whoa. I'd stop and do that sometime when I'm reading. I go, whoa. Okay. Because to me, the devil has been here a lot longer than I have. And so I'm sure he has much more strategy and wiles and plots and plans and deceits than I could ever think of. But my God, through his armor, has made it where I can successfully stand against all of that. And I've only been here 60 years. Okay, okay. Okay, that makes me happy, okay. <laughs> okay, because that's like I'm in this big battle, you know, and I'm, I'm kind of losing. I could reach back and so then, and you know how uh, the, the God is like scooting a big old stick over there to me. Come here, girl, get this stick and crack him in the head real quick. Whop, we're done. Come on, see, I see stuff like this, okay? This is, you know, he, he talks to me like that, you know? He understands I'm a scrapper, so hey, talk to me, Jesus. He says, I got you. Come on, do you ever read it like that? I mean, do you ever take the time? See, I just, I, you know, I do not like stuck-up Christians. Don't be stuck up. Read the word. Let him talk to you where you're at. Come on, let him talk to you where you're at. He's been here longer than you have. He's seen everything. He's seen everything you did when you were sinning. He knows everything. He talks to us. He talks to me where I'm at. And he tells me that all the strategies and the deceits of the devil, that he has given me the strength and he has supplied that, that I may be able to stand against all the strategies and the deceits of the devil. And then he tells me, for we are not wrestling with flesh and blood, contending only with physical opponents, which tells me you will deal with some physical opponents at times because he's telling you you don't only deal with that, but everything first starts spiritually. Come on. But against the dis... I spread, Pastor told me how to pronounce this word. <laughs> the dispostism. Is that right? Depotism. Despotism. And I looked it up. Okay, anybody know what that means? I looked it up. I had to look it up. I was like, what the heck is that? Okay, all right. <laughs> Those are evil spirits and authorities. They're evil. It, 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 it dis debauchery, evil, high evil, up high, okay, that's what that is, against the powers, against the master spirits who are the world rulers of this present darkness, against the spirit foes of wickedness in heavenly supernatural sphere. Listen, we are fighting some pretty heavy things these days. 
they are oppressing, they are depressing, and they come after us. This is part of his arsenal. It is a wickedness, a wicked force, a spirit force of wickedness in the heavenly supernatural sphere. We do have a heavenly realm. Oh, come on now. And if you don't understand, that's why people love the supernatural. They like dilly-dallying with that because it's there. It's there. But there are plenty of evil spirits that inhabit that realm that are waiting for you. It's like Ron Carpenter said, come on. Just come, come on out here. Come on over here. Come on over here in the spiritual realm outside of God. Come on. Because, see, he invites us into his spiritual realm. But the devil wants you to come into his spiritual realm. Oh, Jesus. Therefore, put on God's complete armor. He has provided a complete armor for us that you may be able to resist and stand your ground on the evil day of danger. And having done all the crisis demands to stand firmly in your place. Oh, God. Stand, therefore, hold your ground, having Tighten the belt of truth around your loins and having put on the breastplate of integrity and of moral rectitude, uprightness, and right standing with God. And right standing with God, my God. And having shod your feet in preparation to face the enemy with the firm-footed stability and promptness and readiness produced by the good news of the gospel of peace. Wow. Lift up all the covering, the shield of God, saving faith upon which you can quench all the fiery missiles. He ain't talking about darts. We get some missiles that come at us. Some of them heat-sinking ones that kind of go, I mean, they know right where to hit you. Okay, they just know right where to hit you at to get you to just go off. Quenching all the flaming missiles of the wicked one, which you can quench all the flaming missiles. Of, I'm sorry, with flaming all the missiles. Let me start over. Lift up all the covering shield of saving faith upon which you can quench all the flaming missiles of the wicked one. And take the helmet. I love this. And take the helmet of salvation and the sword that the spirit wields, which is the word of God. That tells me that when you speak the word, it activates the sword. Not necessarily that you have to wield all the time, but that we have an angelic force that fights for us. Come on now. And I want to say this in opposed to those that don't like praying in the Holy Spirit and say that it was for then and not now. Pray at all times on every occasion and every season in the spirit with all manner of prayer and entry. To that end, keep alert, keep alert and watch with strong purpose and perseverance, interceding in behalf of all the saints, God's consecrated people. That is why intercessory prayer on Wednesday is important. Because the word of God tells us to. And it is part of your armor. It is part of your armor. Now you don't give all of that to a novice. Because they do not know how to handle it. They don't know how to wield it. They don't know what they have in their hand. They don't know the power of it. That's why you don't give a child the keys to your car and say just go on and drive. Because not only can they hurt themselves, they can hurt others too.
This is why the Holy Spirit becomes your teacher at this point. We need to be taught how to handle these things. One of the things that we need to understand that there is a rank in God's army. God being the commander in chief. Jesus under God because he made this statement, I do what the Father tells me to do. He understood. The centurion understood order. He understood order. You don't have to come to my house. I'm not even worthy to have you come to my house, but I know that you said that you do everything the Father tells you to do, and your Father is God, and you do everything he tells him to do, and so therefore he must tell everything that's happening here what to do, so therefore you can send your word, and that that which is attacking my servant whom I love will have to flee, because he understood. He understood. We don't understand authority today in today's church. We don't understand it. We don't like it. We don't, we don't want to be under it. We fight it. But we need it because God has placed an order. He is an orderly God. Look at the universe. Look at the earth. Everything has a place. It is in order. It is in order. My daughter told me, don't get rid of the frog because the frog eats the bugs. There's an order to that. Come on. There's an order to that. My God. And we should be under authority. We should be a people that understand spiritual authority. We should be and we should submit under authority. We don't like that, but if we don't submit under authority, there is jail in the natural. There is death if you run a red light and get hit. There is authorities that are there. We saw that on Wednesday when he spoke of the fact that if a police officer comes, he is carrying a badge. He has all of that authority behind him. So it would behoove me to just go ahead and submit rather than try to fight it because he has more behind him that can help and make me submit. I would rather just submit and follow the law. Amen. There is an order to God's kingdom. There is an order and before you can take up the armor of God, you must understand the order of his kingdom and how he works. First of all, if you remember 9-11, when they brought down the towers, and there were many, many people that signed up into the military force. And you know why they signed up? Because they love the United States of America. Because they understand the freedoms that are afforded us because they know that we are an exceptional country. I don't care what they tell you. We are an exceptional country because we were built on the foundation and the principles that every man has a God. You are our God and we are under you, God. And so therefore, because we are under you, we have freedom to work and to build and to live like your word says, if you work the ground, you shall reap the harvest from your work. Come on now. They understood that. And they saw that freedoms were now being challenged. And so they loved the United States of America. They loved their families. They said, Mom, I don't want them coming over here and bombing us ever again because you live here. My child lives here. I want you to have these freedoms. I want you to be able to live and to move and to have your being in safety. So I'm going to take up the mantle. And I'm going to go and I'm going to learn the art of warfare so that I could stand in the gap between the enemy and you. 
You must love God and the family of God. There should be in that a love that cannot be quenched in a desire for God that is so strong that it will take over your life. Because there was one great, I forget who it was, and I bought a button that said it. It said, if you're not willing to die for something, you're not living for anything. And I thought, that's so true. Would I die for you, God? I'd like to say yes. I believe yes. So now I can live for you, fully live for you. Because I'm willing to die for you. Withholding nothing. When we sing that, do you know what you're saying? Withholding nothing. Nothing. I love you. And I love my family. May not always like everything my family does, but I love my family. And I tell you what, put your hands on one of my family. Okay? Pray for me because I whoop your tail all the time I'm praying in tongues. Help me, Jesus, because I'm going to take it. We're going. We're just going there. This is my babies. And I'll be praying for his strength <laughs> to protect mine. Come, no, see, to protect mine. And that is why I come and I intercede and I have such fervency in my intercession because I want to protect the family of God. I have a zeal and a desire to protect and to stand in the gap for the family of God. Intercessory prayer. We must understand what we're called to, who we are. In place. I'm a fighter. Now I know that might have offended some of y'all that I said that, but I figure when I'm down here on my knees praying in intercessory and praying in tongues, I am literally in the spiritual realm in a fist fight over you. Fighting for you. I'm yielding my desires, my wants, and my needs to lift you up. It's a fight for you. It doesn't just happen. It doesn't just happen. The enemy is busy. He is busy. We should love God and the family of God. We've got to love God's family. We got to be, you, you know, you have to care that when you come in on Sunday morning and you look around and you don't see that one person that you know should be here and your heart should just kind of be pricked and you just say, well, where are they? What's going on? Enough that you would pick up the phone to call them because after all, it's not just about you and what you need and what you can take out and not replenish. Come on. Because it's easy when you're going through so much to become selfish. It's easy when life is so hard and harsh and you're being beat up and, and hurt and, and pushed back and, and the devil is just pounding on you. It's easy to get in that place where you are fighting and scrapping for every little piece you can get. I know because I've been there. I was there for a while. So I ain't praying for nobody because I can barely pray for myself. Hello. I'm fighting for every piece of ground I get. Okay, so you get in here and get it if you can. Come on, and a lot of people come to church with that attitude. Well, they'll do it. They'll take care of it. But you have to love the family. I would not eat to feed my children. I would go without to make sure they had shoes on their feet. I'll put cardboard in the bottom of my shoes before I let my kids walk barefoot and it's cold, wouldn't you? 
This is your family. This is your family. There must be a love. And, and you have to pray sometimes that love in because sometimes the family of God can make you very angry and hurt your feelings and all of that, not make you feel too good. And, and at that point, you just want to say, oh, y'all just go to hell in a handbasket and I'm done. That, that, see, that, I know you, some, okay? Y'all act all holy up in here, okay? But that's your attitude because it shows. <clears throat> you still love me? That's your attitude. It shows. Because <clears throat> I got to make it. Forget about you. Mm-hmm. We're in a world that says me first. Me first. But God has called us into an army that says you first. Because after all, when you're called into an army, you are called into a different level of being. You are called into a different standard of how you walk, how you talk, what you do. You are called into a different place. You are called to the front lines. You are not called to stand behind a bush and hide and shiver. You are called to stand up front, to take up your artillery, and to fight for not only your own life, but to fight for the others that are around you. You are called to be a good soldier. You are called to endure hardship as a good soldier. You are called to endure hardship as a good soldier. I am so glad that I was taught this in my beginning walk with Christ when I really got committed to the church. That point was driven home. You are called as a soldier and a good soldier endures hardship. Come on, let's go to Second Timothy. Let's just let's just slide on over there right quick. <coughs> Second Timothy two, three. Have one translate. It says, "Endure hardship with us like a good soldier of Christ Jesus." Have another one that says, "Suffer hardship with me as a good soldier of Christ Jesus." King James, thou therefore endureth hardness as a good soldier of Jesus Christ. But I like the Amplified. Take with me your share of the hardship and the suffering which you are called to endure as a good first-class soldier of Christ Jesus. Are you taking on your share? Most of the churches, and I want to say 99.9% of the churches, and yes, including the churches with 10,000 people in them, have a handful of people that do the work of the ministry. You know why? Because everybody is more concerned about their own need, their own want, and where they're at in their flesh and the enemy that they fight, and blah, 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 than you are about the family of God. We're a family. We're a family. Therefore, my hurt feelings don't come first. And trust me, I've had my feelings hurt a whole lot of times. I've had people come to straight to my face and tell me, I don't like you, but I like him. Now, you didn't think that that didn't hurt my feelings. No, straight to my face, I don't like you, but I like your husband. He's nice. Well, hey. <laughs> Whatever. See, we all take little offenses and, and, and let the devil blow them up and blow us out. 
And what happens is because he knows that he weakens the body. See, you don't understand how important you are to the work of God. You don't understand. You don't understand that being in your place, when the horn blows, what is it, revelry, and they're calling you in Sunday, Wednesday, 6 p.m., 7, Sunday morning, when that revelry calls and you are not in your place, then at that point you have put and you've stepped out of being that soldier. I'm sorry, but I'm going to tell it like it is. And you have become more concerned about your own flesh, your own need, and what you want, and how you feel. And the enemy has used the tactic against you to pull you out. And instead of being a strength, then we know, and, and I promise you, we are a church that don't shoot our wounded. Because there are those of us that will fly in in that helicopter under fire and we will drop down and we will put you on the gurney and we will pull you up into there and we will bring you back to safety. That's who we are. That's who we are, the ones that are here at 6 p.m. on Wednesday night. That, that's who we are. We're the ones that go in under heavy artillery fire and drop down and put you on that stretcher and pull you out. That's who we are. That's who we are. That's what intercessory prayer does. That's the picture of intercessory prayer. We're going into enemy territory after you. After you. After you. You're right. No man left behind. That's our model here at this church. You may leave. You may get mad. You may go. There are some that will probably never come back. They're out there, but we never take them out of our heart. Pastor taught me that. I was like the kind of person I could cut you off. Done. And you really wouldn't cross my mind the rest of my life, okay? <laughs> like, absent, fine. But he taught me, you no, know, I'm serious, and I, I, I had to grow. I, I had to grow. It's been 17 years, I had to grow. I came in pretty hard. I did. Cut you off. See you in the street and act like I never knew who you was. Stranger, stranger danger, stranger danger. But I was taught, coming under submission to the word of God, that you never take people totally out of your heart. That you pray for them. That no matter what they've done and how harsh they have been and whatever evil they have brought up against you, that you, you still love them. You, have, you keep a place of love and you keep a place of prayer for them. You hold that place. And I've never learned that more clearly than I have walking under the submission of my pastor. I've learned that. Learn that. See, some behaviors are learned. So don't, don't, don't feel bad if you're sitting there thinking, dang, I will never be able to master that. Hello. Because I didn't think I was ever going to be able to master that one. Because I was quite comfortable being in that place. And I had to come out of my comfort zone. And I had to open up my heart again. And be willing to love. Because any time you are willing to lay down your life and fight for someone or love someone, you open yourself up to be hurt. Comes with the territory. It comes with the territory of being saved. It comes with the territory of being a good soldier. You're going to get wounded. But thank God we have a God that binds up our wounds. <laughs> Hallelujah. And you don't have to stay wounded. You don't have to stay angry. You don't have to stay hurt. Amen? Amen. Because after all, Jesus died for all of us. Now, all of us won't accept it, but he did die for all of us that you'd have the opportunity. 
And after all, I did some things that I surely should have went to hell. I know it. I'm so thankful God didn't kill me in the midst of some of that stuff. Woo, hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. I am. I don't know about you, but I am. So we have to love. We have to stay with it. We have to pray. We have to develop these things first. You have to understand bad things happen to good people. I wanted to be saved and walk through, you know, lily-covered fields with grass and ponds with no mosquitoes or anything, nothing bothered me. I wanted to pick roses with no thorns, all of that. I just thought it was going to be great until I really figured out there is an adversary. And he threw a few thorns on the rose bushes and he threw a few of them goat head stickers out there in that beautiful field of lilies. And I've got to learn how to negotiate through that, endure hardship as a good soldier. I want to be a good soldier. I want to take on my share of the burden in the house. We have ranks and follies. We come under the spiritual headship of Jesus Christ. We come under as under shepherds and we come in because we have been mandated with the responsibility to teach you the word of God so that when you leave this place, not only do you not get beat up and lose all of the time. I'm not saying you won't lose sometime. We all do at some point. I mean, you, lose, you may lose a battle, but you don't lose the war. Come on. You have to accept some defeats, walk away from it, dust off the dust and get back up and do it again. Amen. Stepping stone to your your success. Hallelujah. But we've been given a mandate in the rank and file of the kingdom of heaven to teach the word of God, to equip and empower his people. So it's your job to submit under that. Not that we should abuse you because if you are being abused, you ought to walk out of it because you should not be abused in the body of Christ. And you should not be manipulated in the body of Christ because we are not here to make you do anything. Because folks used to get mad at me, but I told you, you can go to hell if you want to. That's your choice. It's your choice. I can't make you love God. I can't make you do nothing. You grown. You can if you, if you want to. Even Jesus tell you, if you want to, I'm offering myself to you. But if you don't want me, you can live eternally, eternally separated from me. So we, can't, I, we don't want to make you do anything. What I want to do is I want to encourage you to step into a place where you can begin to experience the fulfillment of walking in the wholeness of Jesus Christ. And there is a rank and a file to that, and you cannot be taught unless you submit yourself under the teaching of the teacher. We have to submit under authority that is over us. And the greatest authority that we submit under is the authority of Jesus Christ, God our Father. And we stand corrected because we are under authority. I submit to the authority of my husband. People don't like that. Sometimes I don't like that. You listen, I buck a little bit, but I tell you what, when God gets a hold of me, I'm like, all right. I don't like it, but I guess we want to do it that way. All right. Because I understand their safety. Their safety. There's oneness, there's unity, there's fellowship. All of that is wrapped up when you understand the working of it. It's not condemnation, not beating you up, but it's wanting you to be everything that God has called you to be. It's wanting to equip you that you can now 
in the morning in your home when you're by yourself and nobody's saying, rah, rah, you could do it, rah, rah, you could do it, go team, go, go team, go, that you can go in there and you can say, I'm suiting up today. I'm putting on my armor. I'm picking up my weapon. And I'm ready to walk out into this harsh world and live my life as a good soldier and an example and a place where people can run and I can stand up and put the shield up before me and say, I got you. Instead of always being the run, the one to run behind another Christian's shield. He's calling us to rise up and be all that he has called us to be. You can see in 2 Corinthians 10, 4, for the weapons of our warfare, they are spiritual weapons. You must understand your spiritual weapons. I thank God that he has given us the full armor of God. I thank God that he has given his son who does what the Father tells him to do, who gave us the Holy Spirit that will teach us and help us. I thank God for these things. And I submit under the teaching of the Holy Spirit. I submit under the teachings of the church because I would not be where I am today had it not been for those that had been strong enough and willing to teach the truth about the word of God. And, not, and I had to submit myself under that teaching. And listen, when you get angry and you go AWOL and you jump the fence and you run off and you take somebody else with you, you've done a very damaging thing. Very damaging thing. Very damaging be careful what you do. Be careful how you leave a church. Because I'll tell you right now, I ain't telling nobody you got to stay here. Would love for you to stay here, but you don't have to. You don't have to. But I do tell you, leave right. And I do tell you that you have a responsibility, especially if you have been called into positions of authority. You have a responsibility. And not only in that, you have a responsibility as a member of a body, of a family. When you join yourself to a family, it's the family of God. But you have a family here. We love each other. You know, we love each other. And, and I'll use this one example. My, my daughter got angry. She didn't speak to me for two years. But do you know that door is always open? She can call me. She can come to my house anytime she wanted to because that was my baby, okay? My house was her house, okay? My heart still for her, okay? She acted ugly. <laughs> I want to help her leave here. <laughs> but I still loved her very much. Be the kind of family that has open arms. Be the kind of family that is always ready, always ready to love. Be the kind of family that's quick to forgive, throw a party, rejoice. That's who we are. That's who we are. That's who we are. Be that. Be that love. Be under the submission of authority. Be a good soldier. Understand that people are going to hurt your feelings. Hardships are going to come. Stuff is, I mean, you know, I used to ask for money, gas money to get to church. <laughs> I, I went to church down below. I'd be like, you have $5, I need to get to church. Okay, that was a hardship for me. It, it was. But I, you know what, I had no shame in my game because I was getting to church. Because I knew where I was at in my life. If I didn't make it into that church, I was going to lose it. I knew that. 
And so I, I did what it took to get where I needed to be. Sometimes we don't want to deal with the hardship of being where we need to be. But I knew my blessing was in the house and I was hot and heavy after it, let me tell you, because the devil was on my heels and I could smell the smoke. But I knew I had a savior and I knew I needed help. And even though in the family they hurt my feelings, there were so many more that were building me up and holding me up and helping me endure hardness as a good soldier. And once you understand all of this stuff, then you will begin to be able to wield and to be able to put on and carry the armor that God has given unto you. And I'm going to close with this. Satan has a plan for your life and God has a plan for your life. And there is a war going on for your life, whether you see it or you don't see it. And some of us are fighting for a lot of you so that you don't have to experience the level of warfare that you might experience had we not been praying for you. There is a battle going on. That is why we stand up and we intercede. It is for your life, it is for your family, and it is for this church. There is a battle that is effectively being waged. And it is violent, and it is harsh, and it is real. And it is happening. Oh, my God. But I want you to understand, and I'm going to read this to you, and then I'm going to close. The devil's plan and God's plan, and I have references for you, and if you'd like this, I'll, Pastor and I will break it down and we'll print it out for you uh, maybe for next week, okay, if you, if you want it. The devil's plan for you is anger. God's plan is patience. James 1, 19 and 20. Anxiety, there is peace. Bitterness and revenge, there is forgiveness. Complaining, there is contentment. For cursing, there is blessing. For death, there is light. For discouragement, there is courage. For doubt, there is faith. Empowered by alcohol, we can be empowered by the Holy Spirit. Anybody ever been drunk in the Holy Ghost? Boy, what a wonderful feeling. I want to tell you. Woo! I tell you what, you asked me one time, does somebody need to drive you home? I was like, well, I'm having such a good time with God right now. Okay, because I, I actually looked, kind of felt like I was drunk. If you've never experienced that, you've got to go deeper with God. It is awesome. It, <laughs> it is awesome, okay? Empowered by alcohol, empowered by the Holy Ghost. Fear, there's God's love. Gossip, there's confidentiality. Come on, my God. Greed, there's generosity. Grief, there's joy. Hateful talk, there's pleasant words. Irresponsibility, there's dependability. Jealousy and envy, there's an abundant heart. Thank you, Jesus, for an abundant heart. Laziness, there's diligence. Lies, there's truth. Me first, God first. My way, God's way. My power, God's power. Pride, humility. Rage, self-control. Regret and shame, God's forgiveness, thank you, Jesus. Rudeness, consideration of others, self-pity, songs of praise, sexual immorality, sexual purity, the beauty that that brings, God. Suicide, life purpose. You won't commit suicide if you have purpose in life. Unfaithfulness. Loyalty. What would you give for loyalty? Using others. Sacrificing for others. Worry. I can rest. I can rest in you. 
So see, you see the devil's plan for your life. But you could experience God's plan for your life. The only unfortunate thing about it is that this, this doesn't happen. You have to fight for it. And the first fight that you will ever wage will be the fight for your own soul. Will be the fight for your own peace. That's the one you will wage first. And then when you become proficient in that, then you will grow past that and you will be able to wage war against the enemy when you see the devil's plans and other people's lives. You'll be able to be loyal, dependable. You'll have a purpose. You'll be considerate of others. This won't be a place that you come to to get what you want and what you need, but it'll be a place that you come to to become an active, fully engaged part of the family. And in that vein, we will be able to pull in so many lost. We will be able to fight for them and cover them and put up the shield and have our helmet and it will cover us. And in that we can say, come and run behind me. Let me teach you. Let me, let me help you. Let me mentor you so that you can come and you can now stand beside me and hold up the shield and we can stand arm in arm, joined together for one purpose, one purpose, and that is to magnify and to glorify and to lift up the name of Jesus, the name whereby we are saved in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So I pray that you will take the foundation of this, that you will go home and begin to read Ephesians 6, 10 through 18, and just go on down to 19 and 20 and, and pray for us that we would open our mouth and we would continue to speak in boldness because it is not always easy to stand up and preach the gospel, especially preach the gospel that is not always easy to swallow, but is necessary. So continue to pray for Pastor and myself as we continue to pray for you. Father, I praise you. I, I thank you with great gratitude this morning, Lord for this house, this congregation, this people. And Father, I ask you in the name of Jesus, Lord, to open up our eyes, Lord, that we would begin to understand our total purpose in you. Father, I thank you that those that are wounded and those that are hurting, Lord, that not only have you given your Holy Spirit to come and comfort them, but Lord, make us sensitive to one another, that we would come alongside of one another, and we would comfort one another, we would love one another, we would lift up one another. And Father, I ask you in the name of Jesus, for those of us that are willing to submit under the authority of your word, Lord, and that we are ready to rise up and become all that you have called us to be, Father, that we would lock arms in this house, Father, and we would begin to do the work of the ministry, Lord, and we would begin to build your kingdom come and your will be done in this house, Father God, and that we would be a force to be reckoned with, not with other people, but with the enemy that is against your people. Father, let this house be a place of love and, and reconciliation and, and peace and joy and provision, Father. And Lord, I ask you in Jesus' name to, to strengthen today for that one that is in such a heavy battle. We release ministering angels out in front of them that they not faint under the weight of that which is coming against them. Father, lift up this house that it may be a beacon with a people full of love, full of your word, 
ready in season and out of season to give an answer. That be in you, Lord. And now, Father, I ask you to bless each individual as they go their separate ways today, Father. May we pray for one another, lift up one another, love on one another, care for one another, look out for one another. I ask it in Jesus' name. And let's just give the Lord a, a hand clap this morning as our pastor comes. Amen. Are you coming, pastor? Thank you, Jesus. Stay right, here, you? Stay right here. Let's stand together. Amen. Would you stand with us? Praise God. Thank you, Lord. God is in his house. He's a God who cares and loves and heals, has a word. He speaks to us, speak to you. He has a word for you, speaking to your heart. I don't know what he's saying. That's none of my business. That's personal between you and him. Amen. Hallelujah. And as we just stand for a moment in his presence, I'm going to ask First Lady to come. And if you came today and you would just like some prayer, you'd like an agreement, you just, uh, you just need somebody to agree. If any two of us shall agree, the Bible says, in prayer, amen, as touching anything they ask, it shall be done of our Father which is in heaven. Whatever we bind is bound, loose is loose. Lay hands on the sick, they shall recover. Somebody say recover. If you're, if you're having some challenges in that area, uh, the church is a place not just to speak it, but to demonstrate it. Are you hearing me? We're just not in word only, but in power and in demonstration. God is a God of demonstration. This week, he's healed people's backs. Amen. People that were in pain for days, and God made a house call. How many know God will you make a house call? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Of course, he uses us to help do that. Amen. 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 So whatever, whatever need you may have, if, if you'd like to just take a minute or two, it won't be long. It doesn't take God long to, for us to agree together. But we want to give you the opportunity to slip out of your seat and just to come. We ask the prayer team to come. And you just come. But I'd like First Lady to pray. I feel like the anointing is on her and uh, the prophetic is with her. And God may have a word for you today. I don't know. He's already spoken to us a word. But, but God is a good God. And, and, and he knows where you're at. And he knows when you need somebody to pray with you and pray for you. Amen. And to agree with you. It's not weakness to have that. That's God's scripture. He says, pray one for another. Pray one for another that you may be healed. Amen. 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 Lord, we thank you for what you're doing. If you're standing in the aisle there, that was in the floor. Well, that, that's for you. That's to let you know that more is on the way. Hallelujah, in Jesus' name. She found a quarter. Lord says, more is on the way. Thank you, Lord, for that. And more is on the way. Amen. Amen. God, you're moving now. You're speaking the anointing of oil. Anoint, lay hands. Anoint them with oil. Pray the prayer of faith. As you're standing there and we dismiss this service, it's just about 12 noon. If you're next to somebody right now and, and you just just want to do what, what, what the Scripture says, pray one for another, just, just pray a prayer in your heart for them. Just ask God to bless them right where you're standing. As we're praying up here in the altar, look at somebody around you, somebody next to you, say, Lord, bless that lady right there. I may not even know her. Maybe the first time she's he or he has ever been here. But, Lord, I ask you to bless that one today. You know what they need, Lord. I feel the anointing of God. I feel the presence of God right now. God is in this. God is in this. God is in this. God is in this. Church, be sensitive to someone next to you. Amen. Amen. Be sensitive to someone next to you. Amen. 
<clears throat> in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Amen. Get out of your seats if you need to, church. This is not a church that, that we won't let God move. Get out of your seat. If, if, if God's put somebody on your heart, just, just don't, you know, be sensitive to them. Amen. In Jesus' name. Lord, we thank you right now. We thank you for all our guests that have come today. In Jesus' name. I ask you, Lord, to bless them real good. Somebody reach out your hand right now to somebody that's here as a guest today. Would you do that? Reach out to somebody right here. Yes, that young lady right there and right here. Would you reach your hand forward to Debbie? There you go. I'm going to ask you to bless those that are here as our guest today. That's it. That's it. Reach your hand forward. Lord bless Debbie real good. Oh, Father, you know what her needs are. You see her, this just beautiful soul that has come in here today, Lord. Oh, Father, I thank you for putting your arms around her, and I thank you, Father, for taking her where she's at and leading her to higher ground and to better things. Lord, thank you for healing all of her hurts, anything, Father, her life, her life uh, a story. I thank you, Father, the last chapter has not been written yet. I thank you that you are, you are writing a new chapter for her, and I bless her now. And I thank you for the good things, and I thank you for the for that the end is better than the beginning. The end of a thing shall be better, you said. And so, Father, I thank you, even though the beginning may have been good, the end is going to be better, and the end is not here yet, but the next chapter in her life, I want to declare it's going to be a great chapter. God, you're doing some great things. It's her time. Lord, I thank you for the hard worker she is. I thank you, Father, for her labor and her love. Bless her for it, I pray. Reward her and return it to her. Press down and shaken together and running over. In Jesus' name, shall men pour back into her lap for all she has given. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. God loves you. God bless you, Debbie. Church, we love you. You are so, so blessed. Amen. We are so blessed to have you. We're so blessed when you come in. I know it's a fight. I know it's a battle. Amen. But I don't care if it's one, one minute to 12. Amen. You must have a lot of demons to fight sometimes. I praise God for you and thank God. Amen. Why don't you shake somebody's hand, give somebody a hug, just ask God, just, just say a blessing. Amen. I just feel like God is blessing people today. I love you. Thank you for coming. God bless you.